If you have your Bibles, turn to uh, Judges uh, chapter chapter 4. And we're going to continue in our series on the heroes. And for many of you have asked for the past uh, past couple weeks, Tammy and I took a, just a couple weeks. Uh, uh, she flew up with me to Idaho and we camped out in Idaho for a week. And then I stayed behind and, and I did my annual uh, pastor's fishing trip in Montana. God wants us to be fishers of men. And uh, I don't want to brag too much, but since I don't know who did this, but there's a, there's a, there's a big brown trout, and there, there's another brown. Those are about 20 inches. Beautiful. Look at that fish. And by the way, we threw them all back. Threw them all back. Didn't keep one fish. There's a, there's a sucker fish. Those are all about eight, seven to eight pounds. Takes a lot of work. Look at that one. I'm one-handed. There's my fishing rod in one hand and my, my rainbow trout in the other. And, and uh, well, you know, we could go on and on and on. I, I, don't, I want God to get all the glory for this. So we'll, let's, let's. We, we, had a, we had a good time. We got it. Put my own feather in my cap. Look at that. I got a little feather in my cap. So anyway, thank you guys. Appreciate that. So Judges chapter we're going to look at heroes of the faith. And, and Donna, thank you for sending me. Donna Elliott sent me this great quote that says, um, heroes are ordinary people who believe in an extraordinary God. I've listed all the heroes that we have researched and, and looked at throughout the year. And by the way, John did a great job of, on Samson uh, last week. And the Shudamite woman, and, and there's Jonah, there's Gideon, there's all these great men and women of, of faith. I think we need to be reminded that when we speak of being a hero, we're not speaking of perfection, are we? I mean, because God uses imperfect people. And heroes are, are, are simply ordinary people who believe in an extraordinary God. And if you want to be a hero, all you've got to do is just say, God, here I am with my faith, with my doubts, with my weaknesses, with my insecurities. I'm just an ordinary guy. I'm just an ordinary woman. But, Lord, I believe in an extraordinary God. How many of you are here today and you believe the God we sing to and the God we worship is an extraordinary God? Amen. Do you all believe he can do miracles? Yes. Do you believe that God can do the impossible? And if you have that faith, then that makes you extraordinary as well. And the same spirit that was in Christ is in you today to believe for the extraordinary to happen. Today we're going to look at a guy by the name of Barak. You probably never heard of him. But he's, in, he's, he's in Hebrews chapter 11. And he's in, the, he's in the, the hall of faith. He's listed as a, a man who is to be imitated but Barak, just like you and just like me, had faith and doubt. Now, it used to be when I was younger, and it seems like the older I get, especially with what's been going on in our family for the past couple years, you would, you would think that the longer you serve him, the more faith you get. 
But in my case, it seems like the older I get, it seems like the more doubt seems to creep in. I'll talk about this in a few minutes. It used to be when I was younger, and man, I was, I was young and I was full of faith. And I want you to be full of it today. I want you to be full of faith. And that's our goal. But we're going to see in just a couple minutes that Barack wasn't full of faith. He had a little bit of doubt. He had a little bit of faith and a little bit of doubt and, 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 and doubt and, and, and faith kind of coexist, I believe. Barack was a hero. But when he was confronted with a, with a, with a task that seemed impossible, he wanted to operate in faith, but his response was a response of, of doubt. Have you ever been there? Have you ever had a little bit of mixture of faith and, and, and doubt, and it feels like sometimes the faith is stronger than the doubt, and sometimes it feels like the doubt is stronger than the faith? If you're here today, then, then you can relate to the story of Brock. And yet, I'm so challenged that God decided to put him with the great men and women of faith, even with his doubts. If you're here today and you're filled with doubt and a little bit of faith, it's okay. We're going to look into God's word and we're going to try our very best just to live full of it, full of faith, in spite of the doubt that kind of creeps into our life sometimes. Can I get an Amen. There's a couple of uh, definitions that I want you to see here today that as, as we look at this struggle between our faith and, and, and our doubt. Uh, doubt, the definition there is a fluctuation of mind. It's an unsettled state of being. I mean, there's just uncertainty there. There's, there's ups and downs. It's kind of like the stock market. It goes up and it's down and there's fluctuation and, and we all have doubts. Faith, on the other hand, is a strong belief not based on proof. Now, we know that the just shall live by faith and God wants us to have a strong belief not based on proof. We can't see it, we can't touch it, we can't feel it, but we are to be people of faith. And how many are here today and you want to live a life of faith that pleases God? Let me hear an amen. So you've got doubt, which is the fluctuation, going back and forth, up and down, and then you've got faith, which is a strong belief, not based on proof. And as I said, this faith and doubt, they coexist. Now here's the story of, of, of Brock found in Judges chapter 4. I'm going to give you the Cliff Notes version. Deborah is a, is a prophetess, a prophet. And the Bible says in Judges chapter 4, and this is an odd verse of Scripture, and I don't know quite how to unpack this. It says in the first two, two verses that the children of Israel were doing evil in the sight of the Lord, and it says this phrase, and God sold them into the hands of the enemy. That's kind of harsh, isn't it? God sold them into the hands of the enemy. And then it says something very, very powerful. It says this, and the children of Israel cried out for help. I love that. 
Can I remind you today that people are crying out for help. They're looking to you. They are depending on you. They have been sold into slavery and they are in bondage and they are crying out to God for help. And guess what? The way God helps them is he uses people. Like you. Like me. Some faith. Some doubt. A coexisting of of faith and doubt. But when the children of Israel cried out to God for help, God chose a man and God chose a woman to help them. And I want to remind you today that people are counting on you. You can have a little faith, you can have a little doubt, but people are counting on you to step up in critical times. And as the children of Israel now have been sold into slavery, I don't understand that, but God sold them into slavery and they cried out to help. And suddenly, watch this, a woman steps up. Oh, I like that. Thank God for women. It wasn't a man. It was a woman. And her name was Deborah. And she was a prophetess. That means that she saw things that other people didn't see. She heard things that other people didn't hear. She experienced things that other people didn't experience. And she was a prophetess. And she spoke the word of the Lord. I don't know if you believe this or not, but that's in the Bible. Prophets are biblical. Men and women who see things and hear things, they are in the Bible, and it's real. You can rip it out of your Bible because it makes you uncomfortable, but it's real. There are men and women and prophets who speak the word of the Lord. Amen. I remember the first time I was confronted with a, with a prophet. I always thought they were kind of a little... A little crazy, a little goofy, a little weird, but it's real. This guy didn't know me from Adam. I'm sitting on the platform at a large church here in Central Florida, and this man of God didn't know anything about me. I was the young adult pastor, and I had probably a couple hundred young adults, and I was a young youth and young adult pastor. And out of nowhere, this man of God pointed at me and told me to stand up, and I was scared as all get out. Because I didn't know what he was going to say. Think about it. How would you like to have your mail read in front of 5,000 people? And he told me to stand up, and his only word he said to me was, you, young man, you're, you're going to rub the rough edges off a of young wild stallions. Hmm. He didn't know I was a young adult pastor. He didn't know that I had 200 radical young stallions that were crazy and they didn't have character. And here he was speaking in my life, prophesying over me that I was going to be a young man who would rub the rough edges off of young wild stallions. I've been, I've been rubbing on people ever since. And here the children of Israel have been sold into slavery. They're crying out for help. And God raises up a woman by the name of Deborah. Everyone say Deborah. Deborah. You're probably wondering what her name means, aren't you? 
Good, I'm training you well. Her name means B. B-E-E. B. You know, like little bugs that fly around, bees? That's what her name means. What do bees do? Bees pollinate. Bees fertilize. Bees plant. And now God, in a critical moment, God uses a woman to pollinate a young man by the name of Barak. And this is what she says to him. Barak, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pollinate. I'm going to fertilize. I'm going to speak into your life. And here's the word of the Lord, Barak. There's an enemy out there, and you can defeat them if you will exercise your faith and just step out and trust God and believe him. You are going to defeat the enemy because people are counting on you, Brock, to be strong. And I'm going to pollinate. I'm going to fertilize. I'm going to speak into your life. And I'm expecting you to step up and be full of faith. Now, you would have thought that if a prophet points to you and speaks that word over you, that you would just step up and you'd be full of faith and you'd say, yes, sir, let's go. But that's not what Brock did. Why? Because Barak, as a hero, had a little bit of faith and a little bit of doubt. And you're just like him. You know that we serve an extraordinary God. And you know that God speaks to you through his word and through prophets. And even though we have his word, sometimes we tend to lean on doubt more than we do on faith. All Barak had to do was say, yes, I believe I'm going to do it because God had spoken it. And Barak had a very interesting response to the prophetess Deborah. And you'll find it there in your notes and you'll find it in Judges chapter 4. Here's the response. I'm going to read this. This encourages me because I'm like Barak and you're like Barak, full of faith yet full of doubt. Look what he says to her. Barak said to Deborah, if you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. I relate to that. Why? Because Barak was responding honestly. He was responding in doubt and a little bit of faith. And he says, if you go with me, I'll go. But if you don't go with me, I'm not going to go. And that's not the response that God was looking for. Well, Deborah continued to read his mail, and she said to him, she said, said, said well, well, this is going to get accomplished, but you're not going to get any glory because of your doubt. And guess what happened in, in the story? They went and they defeated the enemy. Powerful story. Barak, his name means lightning. Lightning. When was the last time you saw lightning? Yeah, last night. When I think of lightning, man, I think of quick, I think of powerful, I think of instantaneous energy, and yet Barak was a hero, and when the people of Israel were counting on him, he was full of doubt, and he said to Deborah, I'll go if you go with me, 
But if you don't go with me, I won't go. Have you ever struggled with, with doubt? You ever struggled with your unbelief? You ever struggled with believing God to heal? Believe in God to save, believe in God to deliver, and yet you, you, you know he can do it, but yet he's not doing it. And just like Barack will respond, I'll, I'll go if you go with me, but if you don't go with me, I'm not going. A little bit of faith and a little bit of doubt. Uh, look in your notes. How many are still with me? Let me hear an amen. Uh, look in your notes, and let me give you a couple of dangers of doubt. Dangers of doubt. And, and I'm encouraged by this scripture in Jude 1.22. Look what it says to those who doubt. And by the way, if you're here today and you've ever doubted, can I see your hand? Let me see. Let's see if I can talk to the right people. You've ever doubted. Okay, good. Got the right people. You know what the Bible says to people who doubt? To people who've got a little bit of faith and a little bit of doubt? To people like Barack who should just step up in faith yet say, if you go with me, I'll go. But if you don't go with me, I'm not going. Look, this is what the Bible says to you people in Jude chapter 1, verse 22. It says, be merciful to those who doubt. I like that. You know why I like that? Because I doubt. And I want mercy. I don't want judgment. I want you to show me mercy. I want God to show me mercy. I want to show you mercy. When you and I respond like Barack and we say, I'll go if you go with me, but if you don't go with me, I'm not going to go. Mercy. I get it. It seems like the older I get, the more doubt I have. And I'm encouraged today that when I respond like Barack, like you do, that God says, I'm going to show you mercy. We're going to get the job done. The people are going to be delivered. You're not going to get credit for it. But I'm going to be merciful to you because that's the kind of God that we serve today. And if you are here today in the auditorium or watching online, in the midst of your doubt and unbelief, God says to us today, I will show you mercy to those who doubt. So if you know someone who's doubting right now, if your spouse is doubting, if your husband is doubting, if your kids are doubting, if you're doubting, Receive God's mercy today because he understands that life is difficult and there is going to be a coexistence of faith and doubt. And in the midst of your doubt, God's going to show you mercy. Look at some of the dangers of doubt. This is what happens sometimes when we give in to doubt. Number one, doubt breeds uncertainty. Doubt attracts fear. Have you ever found that to be true? When you begin to doubt, you attract the very thing that you are fearing, and it attracts fear. Doubt stirs instability. Doubt kills ambition. And doubt destroys your strength. I'm in a, I'm in a season of doubting right now because I'm believing God to, to heal my son. Completely. Not, not 10%, not halfway. I'm believing for 100%. And you guys have stood with us, and you guys continue to stand with us. I'm amazed. By the way, Austin got like 15 cards yesterday. 
for all of you. And he's like, Dad, I don't even know these people. I'm like, I know, but they know you, son. He set a Guinness Book of World Record for the store restorative center by getting the most cards in one day. <laughs> Fifteen cards. And he may not know you, but when you send those cards to him, I mean, he doesn't need cookies. He, he doesn't need money. He needs people just to say, man, we're full of faith, and we're standing with you. Amen. We're praying for you. So thank you for doing that. That means an awful lot to him and to me. But I'm trying to live by faith, and yet what I see doesn't match up, and I'm, I'm like Barack. I find comfort in the Scripture. God, I want to step up. God, I want to be strong. If you go with me, I'll go. But if you don't go with me, I can't go. I'm glad that Barack was listed in the hall of faith because he had a mixture of faith and doubt. And God responds to us when we respond to him in faith and fight our doubts. Let's talk about faith. The Bible says in Mark chapter 9, verse 23, the promise of faith is that everything is possible to those who believe. Do you believe that today? Amen. Number one, faith breeds trust. I love the fact that we sang that song today. Leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. In fact, you didn't see me. Lisa and Bruce probably saw me, but I was smiling singing that song today. You know, you want to know why? When I was a little kid at camp, at the Assemblies of God camp in Michigan, I was this tall. That's the first song I ever remember singing at camp. They sang it every morning, every night, all summer long. And as a little kid, sitting on the front row, crawling under the pews, getting in trouble, getting candy from church members. I remember that song. That's the first song I remember. If you ask me, what's the first song you remember? Leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarms. I'm leaning on Jesus, leaning on Jesus, leaning on the everlasting arms. See, faith breeds trust. God, I'm leaning on you today. I can only stand. That's all. I want to fall. I want to run. I want to hide. But I'm going to stand. Why? Because faith breeds trust. Our trust is in him. Can I get an amen? Number two, faith attracts hope. Faith stirs action. Faith kills despair. And faith destroys discouragement. And that's why Martin Luther said the just shall live by faith. And even in the midst of doubt, Barak had a little bit of faith to believe in the prophetess word from Deborah. And he stepped out and he conquered the enemy and brought deliverance and freedom to the children of Israel. People are counting on you. People are depending on you. People are hoping that you're going to stand up and operate in faith and not allow doubt and unbelief to creep in to your life. A couple, couple of years ago, in fact, 
several years ago. I told you I used to be, I used to have more faith back when I was younger. And I had this crazy dream where I was pastoring a church in, in, in Winter Park. And I had this crazy idea. How many ever had a crazy idea? I, I've had a few of them. We were only a couple months old. We were a brand new church. Had about 20 college students. That's all we had. We started out in faith. I remember we rented a bar hall on Howe Branch Road. And it was going to cost $10,000 a month for rent, just to rent. And on Saturday night, we'd have to go in with Lysol after they had rented the hall out for a party because it smelled of beer, and we'd have to go through on Saturday night, and then we'd double back on Sunday morning, and me and Tammy and my kids, and we'd, we, would, we would walk through the hall spraying Lysol throughout the rooms and, and just to get the beer smell out of the, out of the beer hall. It's $10,000 a month. I thought, what? how in the world are we going to do that? couple months into it, I thought, you know what, guys, we're going to do something crazy. We're going we're gonna to feed homeless people on Thanksgiving Day. Not the day after Thanksgiving, not the day before Thanksgiving. On Thanksgiving noon, we're going to feed a thousand homeless people. And I went to the city of Orlando, and I thought, I got this dream. I got this idea. What do you think about that? And they said, heck no. In fact, I got so upset, I wrote the paper, and, 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 and it was actually in the paper. And the title of the article was David versus Goliath. It was Scott George fighting the city of Orlando. And basically their response was, well, that's a great idea if you feed homeless people, just feed them in Winter Park. Don't feed them in Orlando. And my response was, there's not a whole lot of homeless people in Winter Park. They're in Orlando. So after this long battle, and I, I could have easily been defeated. I could have easily given in the doubt. I just knew that we were supposed to do this. And I just kept fighting full of faith. Finally, the city came back. This, this is honestly got truth. The city came back and said, we will pay for the Lynx bus and we'll pay the drivers and you get as, we'll give you as many buses as you want, and you'll go around Orlando and, and pick them up and bring them back to Winter Park, feed them, and then drop them back off at Orlando. I said, yeah, I'll take it. I'm not kidding. I bet we had 10 buses with 10 drivers and volunteers on every bus. And early on Thanksgiving morning, we were driving all over Orlando picking up homeless people, bringing them back to Winter Park. And on Thanksgiving Day at noon, we fed over 1,000 homeless people. And the city paid for it. They gave us the buses. They gave us the drivers on Thanksgiving to feed homeless people. My point is this. When you live in the realm of faith, and you don't allow doubt to creep in and control, you can do amazing things with God's help. And the just shall live by faith. Now I'm telling you today, 
You're faced with something that your doubts want to creep up, your doubts want to rise, your doubts want to control. And I'm telling you today that you will receive mercy and grace from God when you doubt, but God's counting on you to be full of faith. I'm going to stand today, God. I don't have it all figured out. I don't have all the answers, but I want to live by faith. I want to be a hero. I want to be an ordinary person who believes in an extraordinary God. And when you do that, God will step up and give you the faith you need to accomplish great things. Watch this. For his glory. It's not about you. It's about him. And in the, in, in the midst of your doubts, ask God to stir up the faith you need to believe in an extraordinary God to help you and to assist you. Would you stand across the auditorium as we get ready to dismiss today? I stand, I stand in awe of you. I stand, I stand in awe of you. Holy God, to all praise is I stand. Thank you today for your mercy. Thank you for your kindness. For those who doubt, your mercy is always available. And I'm grateful today for Barack, that in the midst of his doubt, God, there was just enough faith to believe. And we do stand in awe of you today. Lord, I pray for the people of Pine Castle. Pray for people watching online. I pray for all of us today, God, that we will live by faith and somehow you will stir enough faith in us to believe you for the impossible. God, as we stand face to face, in the midst of our impossible situations, we stand in awe of you and we know of your goodness and your kindness and your ability to help us. So we stand in awe of you. Our eyes are fixed on you. And we thank you for the faith that you'll give us to see the extraordinary take place because you are an extraordinary God and we trust you today. Allow faith to arise in our hearts and our lives. And we thank you for it today. Now may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. 
May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the faith of God arise in you to stand up and to stand full of faith. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you, church. We'll see you next week.